0: preaching thanksgiving message we will we will uh sunday morning this next sunday morning get back to the series on forgiveness and then that series will switch to sunday night after that but i am uh, looking forward to preaching more on forgiveness but tonight again thank being thankful we could use any number of verses to use as our, our text tonight this is a definitely a topical message and so there's a multitude, a plethora, of, uh, of verses and, and chapters that speak about thanksgiving or being thankful. There are many psalms. You know, think about Psalm 100 and many other psalms uh, that are thanksgiving psalms. Uh, again, and singing about being thankful, as we heard tonight, enjoyed that song very, very much. Thanksgiving. Let's pray. We're going to pray before the verse tonight. Ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon us. And Lord, help us to be a thankful people. Tonight may we see this afresh and new. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at Colossians chapter three. So Paul has been going through about again seeking the things which are above. Christ who is our life, Christ who is our all in all. That we put off the old man. And put on the new man. And then in verse 12, he gives you an ideal or gives you examples of what putting on the new man looks like. It's, uh, again, putting that on, the bowels of mercies and kindness and humbleness and meekness and long suffering, Forbearing one another, verse 13, and forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. Charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God, look at verse 15, Colossians 3:15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. Henry Ward Beecher said this: He said, Pride slays thanksgiving, but a humble mind is the soil out of which thanks naturally grow. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks. He gets as much as he deserves. William Law said this, he said, The greatest saint in the world is not he who prays most or fasts most. It is not he who gives alms or gives money or or is most eminent for temperance or chastity or, or justice. again. The greatest saint in the world is not he who prays the most or fasts the most. It is not he who who gives alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. It is he who is most thankful to God and who has a heart always ready to praise the Lord. If you think about Thanksgiving, the pilgrims made seven times more graves than they did huts. No Americans have been more impoverished than those who, nevertheless, set aside a day, what? For Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving. By the way, Thanksgiving was set aside to thank God for his blessings. First Timothy chapter 6, six says, When people are content, they can be thankful and are thankful. In other words, if you believe and know that God takes care of you and what you have is what he gave you, then you can be thankful because you're content with what he gave you. Amen? We ought to be content. doesn't mean we shouldn't strive to better ourselves or to achieve some goal, but as we do that and as we know that and God takes care of us, then we ought to be content as where he has put us. And therefore, we can be thankful. Cicero said this. He said, a thankful heart is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent to all other virtues. It's connected to all other virtues. Someone has said this, thankfulness is not just an attitude. It is a great quality in the life of a Christian. By the way, it is an attitude. But it's more than just an attitude. It's a great quality in a Christian. Again, the first Thanksgiving was set aside uh, by Governor Bradford in 1621. and And it was set aside, the day was set aside to thank God, to give thanks to God. And that's that's the important thing to make sure we understand as American citizens that Thanksgiving is not just for us to sit around and eat pie and have turkey. By the way, fried turkey is much better than baked turkey. Just fry it in the grease. It's awesome. Be careful about making sure you have the right amount of grease and all that so it doesn't flop out, get on the fire, and light things up. It's, that doesn't work very good. That may have happened before. It also light the bottom of your pan and all sorts of stuff. But, man, a, a grease-cooked uh, turkey is amazing. Um, it's, again, it's not not about family getting together and skeet shooting, which we're going to do. It's not, not about uh, getting together. It was set aside to thank God for his blessings that he had bestowed upon our fellow citizens. May, may we remember that. May we teach that to our kids. After a harsh first winter, they were thankful for God for the blessings he had bestowed upon them. Again, there were more graves than huts, and yet they still set aside that day to thank God, to thank God. Here we see that Paul's commands, it's a command. He says that we ought to be thankful. The context here is that Christ is our life, that Christ is our all in all, that we ought to seek him first and put him first, that he ought to, he ought to, again set on the throne of our hearts that we ought to take off that old man that old nature and put on the new man and then he describes what the new man is like the new man is is tender-hearted he's uh, he's kind uh, he's humble, he's meek, long-suffering forbearing one another and as he goes down through there he says and the very the very greatest thing you do is put on charity that charity means love in action that you show your love by what you do and at the very end of this he says, be thankful. We ought to be thankful for what God has done for us. We ought to be thankful for that new nature that he's given to us, that new robe of righteousness that he's given to us. Be thankful. Be thankful. Paul makes it clear that we ought to be thankful. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And we've used some of these illustrations and we've used some of this text before around Thanksgiving time, but never gets old to me. Thanksgiving and praise are closely linked. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. To God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. So thanksgiving and praise are closely linked. When we are, when we are thankful, we're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him. We're going to lift our voices to Him. In in the Hebrew, in the language, in the Hebrew language, thanksgiving and praise are synonyms. That's interesting. You can go back and do a word study. You'll, you'll find that out. Thanksgiving and praise are synonyms. What does praise mean? To praise means to give thanks, to sing or shout, uh, to, to to cry aloud, be joyful, to praise him, to praise. Being unthankful as a society brings about and has brought about moral decline. I want you to see this real quick. Look, turn to Romans chapter one. We've we've looked at this before, but this is a verse we use all the time and, uh, when we're talking about homosexuality and, and, uh, that God is, you know, that homosexuality is a sin and God doesn't condone it. Romans is somewhere in the Bible, right? Romans uh, chapter one, look at verse 18. We don't have time to read this entire uh, section, but let's read some of it. Look at verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew restest in the law and makest thy boast of God I'm sorry romans chapter 1 and not chapter two I'm not tired at all it's no no problem we're good y'all have to y'all have to put up with me tonight all right romans chapter 1 and verse 18. see if this one sounds right in your bible I had a different version here we go for the wrath of God is revealed. And I want to stop in this chapter so many times, but we notice it doesn't say was revealed. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now how, how is that? How is that the wrath of God not was revealed or is going to be, but is revealed? How is it revealed? Well, it's revealed through nature. It's re, God's... Wrath is revealed as you pick up a fossil, you pick up a rock, you pick up a fossil, you know that God judges sin. You see a tornado? Before the flood, there would have been no tornadoes. Before the flood, there would have been no earthquakes. Before the flood, before sin? And so the things we see around us, the, the things we see happening in nature that are not very good, the Bible says that when He created the heavens and the earth, and on the last day when He created man, and completed it, in chapter 7, he completed it, he said, and it was very good. Our tornadoes, very good. No. Our earthquake's very good. No. Right? The Bible says the whole earth groaneth. It's not talking about people. It's talking about the earth itself, the planet, groaneth. And so we witness today, we witness today when we see uh, that the earth is not very good, we witness that God's wrath is revealed upon sin to the world, not just to Christians, but to the entire world, to to everyone. That's what that verse is saying, all right? We're supposed to be preaching on Thanksgiving. Let's go. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, all right? So we have the witness of creation, and then God makes himself known in them, for God has showed it unto them. How does he make it known in them? Talking about the, the pagan man, the lost person. How does he make it known? Because Romans tells us in chapter 2, verse 15, that God hath placed on the heart of every man the law of God. I preached on that Sunday. In them, for God hath showed it unto them. Verse 20. I'm getting there. Stay with me. For the invisible things of Him. That's His attributes. For the attributes of God from the creation of the world are what? Clearly seen. Not, Not vague, not foggy, but clearly seen. By the way, by whom? Who's it speaking to? It's not speaking to Christians here. It's not not speaking to born again believers. All right, here it's speaking that the world sees us. The world sees the wrath of God in creation. The world knows that there is. Uh, they have a conscience, and God's uh, law is stamped upon their heart, and that His attributes, who He is, is clearly seen. Stay with me, verse twenty, be being understood by the things that are made, even. His eternal power and Godhead so that they, the world, the lost person, the the atheist, the agnostic, I mean, go through the list. They are what? Without excuse. There's no such thing as an atheist. There's no such thing. The, The Nature tells them there's a God, right? Their heart, their moral awareness, the conscience, even though it's been warped by sin, it makes, them, makes them aware that there's a God. The attributes of God are clearly seen. You ever th- think about the Trinity and how many times the uh, three is kind of found in everything? Three primary colors, you know, H2O. I mean, I could, you, I don't have, but you can go through many, many things where the attributes of God are clearly seen. And so they are without excuse. Look at verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they know there's a God. They glorified Him not as God, evolutionists, neither what? Were thankful. But became what? Vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I would submit to you tonight that what it's saying here is that here is God has revealed himself to all mankind and that for them to reject God, for them to to, um, reject the evidences of an all-powerful, almighty creator, that at that point when they did that, that number one, they're without excuse because it's clearly seen. And then in turn, they became unthankful. If you you believe you came from a monkey, then you have not a lot to be thankful for. They became unthankful. And again, I would submit to you, that's the tipping point. The tipping point to God is the unthankfulness unthankful toward the Creator. And therefore, they were given up. Look what it says. They became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man into birds and foot. I mean, just go up there and look and see how corrupt they came. Why did they become so corrupt? Because they were unthankful. You say, well, preacher, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Well look what happens the Bible says in First Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Maybe you ought to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, because 1 Timothy 3 won't get you there. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hey, when it comes off track, it just does. We're gonna we're just gonna ride on the side of the track. You know how does that bumble? you know, down the railroad track when you're not on it, but you're kind of on the side of it. Look at verse uh, Look at verse 1. Most of you know this is speaking about the end times. It says, this know also, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous, dangerous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, uh, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fears. I mean, just go on and look at that. Look at the list and look again in verse 2. Where unthankful in this, this list. Unthankful that in the last days that men, women, all, humankind will be unthankful. And then look at the list of perverseness and other things going on. I'm telling you, I believe the Bible, if we can do some more study and you can find this out, that it's kind of the tipping point. When you reject God, when He's not on the throne of your heart, when you don't seek Him first, the tipping point is you become unthankful and therefore you are given up. You become vain in your imagination. That's what the world has become, hasn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that if you read history, and some of you have lived long enough to see it, that America used to be a lot more thankful. I'm talking about just as a, as a society as a whole. Even though, even though a family may not be a Christian, and mom and dad may not be a Christian, but they were, they were moral individuals, they were moral. But now we see that slowly eroding as, as our society erodes. And again, the unthankfulness just explodes. When you're being taught again, I know I'm picking on this, but when you're taught in school that you came from a monkey and that God didn't create all this, kids are who are naturally unthankful anyway, because we're all naturally unthankful, it just, it just propounds it. Because we are not thankful, God gave them up, it says. And God is long-suffering, but He has His limits, and the limit has been found. And We see that not just in America, by the way, but around the world. We're in the last days. Now, uh, somebody mentioned it the other night. I think Brother Wiggins mentioned his sermon, who said that. But Doctor House, when he was here, said, "Be be careful. Things are not falling apart. They're falling into place. It's not a negative. We see it. We 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 have a tendency to fear, and all these things going on. Listen, it's it's not falling apart. It's falling in place. God, Jesus is returning. Hey, when we see all these things that are found in Timothy. And they're found in Romans chapter 1, just look up, your Redeemer draweth nigh. The trumpet can sound tonight. I, I believe that. I believe it, absolutely. And we as a, a body of believers, we as Christians, we ought and need to be thankful. Again, being thankful does not come natural, right? You know, a duck a duck naturally knows how to swim, but you got to teach a child how to swim. You know, Uh, Being thankful does not come natural uh, to a child. You have to teach them to be thankful. You have to teach them to say thank you over and over and over again. I know I use the illustration every year, but over and over and over again. Some kids more than others. might be good that we adults might need to remember that. Thank you. Thank you. We have an ungrateful nature. We are born selfish, as I said Sunday morning. But listen, as Christians, we ought to be thankful. I um, Try. To write thank you notes. I'm, I'm old school. By the way, if, just as a public service amount announcement, if you message me on Facebook, probably not going to get an answer. Just just want to let you know you might, but the chances of me looking at it, it's kind of like when you friend me on Facebook. The last time. Um, I actually accepted friends. I had like a hundred of them built up. Uh, Facebook is not the appropriate place to communicate with me. Uh, if you want to communicate with me, you can text me, call me, uh, email, call the office. Uh, my number is 817 371 2968. Anyway, just thought I, I meant to say that at time to time, but uh, anyway. How do I get off on that? How to be thankful. <laughs> We ought to be a thankful people. How are we to be thankful? We're talking about thank you notes and being kind and thankful. Out of sight, out of mind, too. You think about Miss Bobby Van Fleet, uh, who's uh, being careful right now, and rightfully so, about coming to church. And it would be great if somebody this week said, oh, you know what, I'm sure Miss Miss Bobby ought to call her, uh, text her. Facebook her, she doesn't mind. Whatever you call it, messenger, yeah, messenger, something, and uh, just remembering people, being thankful, and and uh, being thankful. All right, so we ought to be thankful. How are we to be thankful? Number one, recognize all that we have comes from God. James chapter one verse seventeen says, "Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above." I'm thankful He's given us some great gifts. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and you'll remember what God has done. I'm telling you so many times the devil comes and whispers in your ear that nothing's going right, everything's bad, and uh, we have a tendency to dwell on the negative, and we ought to set down, and I've even done this in counseling with people, said, Hey, if you seriously ought to sit down and count your blessings. Put the good on the on one side and put the bad on the other side every time without fail. For the Christian, the good far outweighs the bad. And the devil doesn't like that, and he'll get you dwelling on something negative in your life. He'll get you dwelling on something negative when it comes to relationship in your family. He'll get you thinking negative when it comes to your country and all these things. And it just he'll just build it up and build it up and build it up. And all of a sudden, you find yourself under, the, under depression, <laughs> under a load. Listen, you need to sit down and just count your blessings. God has been so good to us. Everything comes from him. Everything comes from him. I, I just am amazed at what God has done for myself and my family. And I know I've described this before, but our first home that my wife and I moved into was not the greatest of whole homes in the world. You, you could see through the cracks of the door on the sides. Um, it was something to behold. There were no doors on the inside of that of that house, only doors, front door and back door, but no other, no other doors. Uh, the uh, restroom uh, just had plywood on the floor, had a big crack about two inches wide all the way around the tub. And so it was a pier and beam house and the air just from under the house would come over and and just to come into the, uh, it, was a, it was something to behold. I, I'm not describing the half of it. Some of y'all heard me tell the stories. god was so good to me. And we need to sit down and just think about, God is so good. By the way, we're not self-made. God's the one who blesses us. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, what? His benefits. His benefits. Understand that, He is our creator, and he is the rightful owner of all things. He created us, and he holds all things by the word of his power. He made the world. He made all things therein, and he redeemed us, and he bought us with his blood by the Son, Jesus Christ, and we need to remember our creator. By the way, our creator became our Savior, and we need to be thankful. The basis of thanksgiving is recognizing that everything comes from God. And then what should we be thankful for? I've already mentioned a few of these. By the way, we ought to be thankful for the good and the bad. All things, it says. All things. Giving thanks. Ephesians 5.20 says, give thanks always for all things unto God. All things. Because why? Because all things work together for good. Work together for good. You live long enough, you can look back at the difficulties in your life and realize, for the most part, how they have benefited you. There's no doubt. For the most part, I said. Some some things we just won't know till we get to heaven. And that's where you just got to put your trust in the Lord. He always has your best interest in mind. But we ought to be thankful. Remember Curtis Hudson, as I read a sermon uh, by him about thankfulness, he said, Thanksgiving is thinking. It's thinking. In other words, Thanksgiving is thankfulness. Thankfulness. The more you think, the more thankful you'll be. You just got to think. Take time and think. Think about your family. I told you here a while back. I was sitting with uh, our family in our living room the other day, and Joshua and Aaron and Caleb and Abby and McKenna and even Micah was there, and we just kind of sat in the living room. And just and for some reason, it just kind of got to me a little. I got a little some, a little dust in my eye. You know, something happened. Just so thankful. God's so good. Isn't he? Isn't he so good? Most of us will get the opportunity uh, this Thursday to sit down with our family and friends. So, we're, God, we're so blessed. I just came back from Mexico. I mean, Honduras, sorry. I came back from Mexico, too. I go there pretty often. We were in Honduras. And still amazes me where Brother Prady's mission work is. you got to remember, too, this mission work was just started five or six years ago. It's amazing what God's done there. And it's kind of out on the outskirts of town. We were there five years ago. We built a little makeshift auditorium for him. Um, there was probably half the houses that are out there now. But it still amazed me as you walk down the street, there was a very nice house. And Brother Pride says all the really nice houses, they call them drug houses. If it's a nice house, it's a drug house. And then the next one to it will be a shanty. And maybe there's three or four shanties. I mean, just stuff that, you know, we, we, we have no concept. We really don't. And then another house. And then another. There was a few what might consider to be mid-grade houses. But we have no concept. We really do. It's, it's inconceivable to us how many people live around the world. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. And don't let the devil discourage you and get you defeated and put you in a corner and get you thinking such negative things about your life and about your job, your family, your home, your car. I mean, we are so blessed. Maybe tonight he's got you negative about your health. By the way, even in our health, we are so blessed. We have access to medicine. You can go to the doctor. Places in Honduras, you can't. God's so good. May we, this Thursday, remember to be a thankful people. And remember our Creator, who owns it all, and has been so gracious to give us a little. I'll end with this. you realize that the world was made for us? That we are special in creation? The creation of God. but we are special. Humans are special. That when God created the heavens and the earth, He could have created it many different ways. He could have made He could have made everything one. He could have made everything in black and white, but He didn't. Gave us color to enjoy. I know you laugh at this, but He could have made everything taste the same, but instead He gave us such a variety of food and fruit. Isn't it amazing? Think about the Rocky Mountains how beautiful it is when you go there. Think about, uh, don't think about West Texas. That's not anything. Think about East Texas, the Piney Woods. It's beautiful. It's amazing. He could have made all the landscape look the same. Right? So who did he do that for? For himself? No, he did that for you. All, All good gifts come down from the Father of Lights, And he's been so good to us. Let's all stand. Hymn 113, Sweet Hour Prayer. How thankful are you? Are you thankful? And may we be a thankful people. Heavenly Father, we come to you, just humble ourselves before you, helping, if you would help us to be a thankful people. Lord, help us to be reminded of the blessings that you've given us. Maybe tonight there is someone here who's either here in the service or watching online, and Maybe some of those watching online who have been affected by COVID and other things, Lord, maybe they're discouraged. May we all be reminded how great and how good you are to us. And may we be be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.